y'all heard of that show called The Bachelor? Flavor, flavor, the What's up, everybody? This is Shut the Fuck Up and Listen, and this is your girl, Avier. And I just want to say welcome. I have a habit to sing sometimes when I'm talking to people. I don't know why, but it's just who I am, Um, especially when I'm excited and I'm happy and I'm very cheerful. So if I do that sometimes, just don't pay no mind to it. (laughs) But once again, welcome. This is the very first episode. I am so excited and I'm happy as fuck because I've been wanting to do this podcast for a long time. This podcast actually been years in the making and with everything that's been going on in my life, it just had to take a back burner. You know, um, sometimes we can't help with the universe throws at us and oftentimes it's to either give us a wake-up call or the changes for the better so I've been dealing with a lot of things within the past two years or so I've been dealing with a lot of things um changing jobs life transformations death moving school this and that family blah 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 and this podcast had to take a back burner like I had to put it off to the side and I also deal with procrastination And it's one of my biggest downfalls as a human being is I procrastinate. I don't know why I do it, but I just do it. And I think I need to work and fix on that more. Um, Another thing about me is that I'm scared that nobody won't check, check, check what I have to offer out. And um, I'm just kind of scared to be pushed out there in the center in the forefront so it's just so many things but I'm not here to talk about my issues no that's going to be for another episode (laughs) I'm here to talk about everything black culture pop culture related and what this podcast is about is about the celebration of black culture moments that happened within our culture that became pop culture um moments um A lot of people don't understand, including people outside our race, but I always constantly tell people at the end of the day, black culture created many pop culture moments in history, whether it's here in the United States or whether it's abroad, we definitely gave the world some flavor. Okay. Without us, I don't know where the fuck this world would be at music wise. I don't know where the fuck this world be at um, in terms of art. I don't know where the fuck this world would be at in terms of simply being diverse because we definitely add that factor or contribute that factor into society. And the reason why I created this podcast is to pretty much celebrate those moments that happen within our culture that transcends to being pop culture related. For example, And this may be a very controversial topic, but one in particular is black women's hair and how it transcends to now 
all women of races are wearing braids and wearing cornrows and doing this and doing that and how that how a piece of our culture which is our hair transcends to now it's a fashion statement whereas when we were doing it wasn't seen or deemed as fashionable but you know besides that there are other moments such as Kanye West disrespecting Taylor Swift at the VMAs that was something that happened within black culture and it transcends into pop culture and um and there's so many more it's so many more things Rodney King riots OJ Simpson trials um these are things that happen within our culture that turned into pop culture defining moments meaning when you bring up the year of 1996 you automatically think of the death of Tupac 1997 the death of Biggie um 2001 is this September 11 2001 um Kanye West saying George Bush George Bush doesn't care about black people these are the things that happen within our culture from our very own that turned into pop culture history and I think it's very important that we reserve these type of things and we give gratitude to these type of things whether it's negative or positive because we need to preserve our culture especially in the state that we're living in now and today where we're being crucified the most as black people it's important that we preserve our culture and it's important that we give um gratitude to our culture because our culture is what defines us as black people and this is what this podcast is all about ever since I was a kid I've always been interested in culture because culture is so important to individuals to us as human beings whether you're black whether you're Latino whether you're Asian our culture is who is what define us so I'm very heavy and big on culture and I'm very heavy and big on people experiencing with other races other people cultures just to get a sense of who they are as people so yeah this is what this podcast is about so let's start with all the you know all this going on let's just get into it let's just get into it for a second so the year is 2020 (laughs) 2020 oh my god what are you doing to us it's just so many things that has happened and it's just it's draining it's it's very draining so I want to get into what's currently going on right now at the moment and that's our current president Donald Trump having corona and let me just say I think it's a bunch of bullshit it's bullshit and um I just I think he's lying and I mean he may have it and he may not Donald Trump lies and so when he says something like this you're gonna automatically assume he's lying this kind of reminds me of the boy who cried wolf 
you know, the little town boy in the village who kept playing with the town people. He kept saying, there's, there's a wolf coming. There's a wolf coming. There's a wolf coming. And the townspeople would come and check and it would never be a wolf. It would never be a wolf. And then one day the wolf actually came and he was caught and he was, he was calling for the townspeople for there's a wolf, there's a wolf, there's a wolf. And nobody didn't believe him because he cried wolf so many times. They thought he was lying. And you know what happened to that little boy in the townspeople? The wolf ate them up. <laughs> the wolf ate them up. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but then again, it is funny. This is what it reminds me of Donald Trump crying wolf. Like you lie and we know you're a liar and you've been fat checked plenty of times. And now you saying you have Corona and you have COVID and you have the virus. Oh, you're lying. And I think it's very weird how now he has COVID um, around election and you know this and that and it's very obvious now if he is lying it's very obvious why he's lying and what's the whole strategy behind him even saying he has COVID because first of all he did awful in that debate that debate was the most shittiest debate I've ever seen in my whole entire life made me feel bad as a citizen i swear i looked at ways to move to canada after that because i was just so over it he did such an awful job he doesn't know how to speak with intent like he doesn't know how to properly talk it's very obvious he wants to avoid the next remaining debates with biden because if you have the virus, you can't not come in contact with people. You have to isolate yourself. You have to quarantine. Like it, it's, you can't. So it makes sense. Not only that, but I feel like he's trying to gain sympathy from voters. But I don't honestly think it's going to work <laughs> from what I've been reading and seeing. It's not working. And then not only that. He's trying to like sway how the media is covering Biden and his campaign. So, of course, since our president has the virus and he has COVID, he's going to be covered more within the media than Biden. Makes sense. Makes makes very much sense. The attention is more on Trump, less on Biden. Very smart. As being a communications major, pretty much, it's a smart idea. It's smart. Like, I can't even sit up here and get mad. I can't even sit up here and get upset. I can't, you know, sit up here and say, that motherfucker. I can't do that. Because studying communications, studying um, media and all that type of other stuff, you'll sit back and you be like, wow, that's actually really fucking smart. Like, that's a good-ass strategy. Like, Wow. Whoever came up with that, they need a raise. They honestly need a fucking raise. So it's a bunch of bullshit. I just think it's a bunch of bullshit. And that's just how I feel about it. And I don't know. Let's just see how this is going to go. You know, and the fact that he's driving in the car, you know, whatsoever and going into the White House, taking off his mask. Like, are you crazy? You're putting your workers at risk 
for catching a virus. Are you serious? And then when he's like on top of the podium and he's breathing extra heavy, I don't know if this man is acting or or his, you know, breathing is really affected by COVID because he lies so much. How can we believe you? You liar. You, you, you lie. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So I want to move on and stop talking about Donald Trump. Um... I'm going to talk about one more topic before I get into our main topic, which is um, that moment in black culture that transcends the pop culture. I want to talk about two important situations that some people may not see that relates or correlates to one another, but in reality it does. And it was a huge topic. It was a huge debate. Maybe about a week or two ago. But it affects me so much as a black woman. And I was just so hurt by it that I just couldn't help myself from crying. Because I was just so hurt and disgusted and terrified and scared. And I didn't know what to do. If you guys haven't caught on to what I'm talking about, you will now. I'm speaking about Breonna Taylor. And I also want to talk about Megan Thee Stallion. Now, you guys are probably saying, "Mm." now how Meg goes with Breonna. Meg and Breonna are very similar. Both of them are very, both of them were unprotected. And the reason why they were unprotected, because it's very obvious they were, they are black women. Time in and time out again, over and over and over again, black women are least likely to not gain support. And as being a black woman myself, It makes me mad. It makes me upset because it's, it's something that just makes you feel so alone. Seems like nobody has your back. And seems like anybody can just do any and everything to you. Because you don't have nobody in your corner to to be like, hey, no, don't don't do that. Brianna Taylor murder. Well, Brianna Taylor is not going to get the justice she deserves or needs. And we can march and we can protest and we can be angry about him we can do everything in our power to change that but at the end of the day it's not going to change just as well as the many other countless murders of black people in the hands of the law it's never going to change 
it is sad that you rather hold bullets hitting a wall as being a form of disrespect than compared to bullets hitting a human being is sickening. You rather charge somebody for firing bullets into a wall than to charge them for killing a human being. And that's what terrifies me the most because I've could have been Brianna Taylor and Brianna Taylor could have been me. Let me take that back. I am Brianna Taylor and Brianna Taylor is me. The officers right now can march into my place and kill me. But do you think they do you honestly think they would be charged for my murder? No, because they can be charged for their bullets hitting my neighbor's walls. And that's what's terrifying. That's what scares me. Knowing that the person who killed me, the people who killed me, is not going to be charged for killing me. I honestly feel like people who die in the hands of other people, I feel like they soul doesn't get the rest they need unless they receive justice. I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel. That's just, that's just how I see things. You know, how do you think her soul feels? I'm talking on like a spiritual level. So excuse me, guys, y'all probably like, what the hell is she talking about? That's just me spiritually talking. I'm very spiritual, but it's disgusting. And then Megan, she comes out and say, Hey, this man killed, not, 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 not this man killed me. This man shot me in the foot. She had to post pictures of her foot in order to convince people to believe her because people thought she was lying. Why would you guys think a person coming out and saying they got shot is lying? What, what, what the fuck? Why is that so hard to believe? And then Tori had the audacity to drop an album profiting off the situation profiting off the fact he shot a woman and then want to sit up there and lie and say he didn't when clearly somebody dropped out text messages of you apologizing to her saying that you was drunk and that you're sorry whoever is in Tory's camp they need to get fired Whoever came up with that idea, they need to get fired. Because you don't do no shit like that. 
it's not right. It's not right. What Megan and Brianna Taylor have in common is the fact that they were not protected. And the fact that they were hurt in the process of doing so. Both experienced from gun violence. Both experienced from being a black woman in this world. Not in this country, in this world. It's hard being a black person. But it's even harder being a black woman because you automatically have that double standard against you. Being black, being a woman, you automatically have two strikes. What's the third strike? A lot of people don't understand that. Many do, some don't. But the moral of these topics is that we need to protect our black women. We need to stand up for our black women. We need to be there for our black women. If somebody come out and say he's, he hit me, he did this, he did that. Don't question it. Believe her. That's all I'm going to say on the topic because obviously I'm just done talking about it and I'm done. I'm just done. I don't have nothing else to say. So So we're going to move on to our last segment. And uh, be back. back everybody it's time to get into our second segment if you're just now tuning in this is your girl avier and this is shut the fuck up and listen where black culture is pop culture in this podcast i would take a look into the most solidified moments in black culture that turned into the biggest pop culture moments in history okay now you guys may be wondering why is this important why am i doing this and what's the point well it's obvious Black people make the world go around. Without black culture, there will hardly be any pop culture. 
Black people have made their stamps on everything, whether it's movies, television, music, or social media. We set all the trends and made things go viral that define pop culture. So let's get into this segment, shall we? 2006 was the year that had historical moments. Saddam Hussein was found guilty and executed. Google buys YouTube and Hannah Montana hit television screens across the country. But besides these pop culture moments, there was one in particular that had everybody saying, what the fuck? Flavor of Love hit television screens in 2006 and instantly had everybody scratching their heads, including me at age 14. But the question that everybody has centered around the show is, what the fuck do these ladies see in this man? I mean, Flavor Flav wasn't on Denzel Washington. Oh God, he, he, he was not. He was not Denzel. Not even a D'Angelo. And he's not a very attractive man at the time. He was probably older than most of the women on the show. And because of this, he instantly became the butt of jokes of late night television and many comedians. But Flavor Flav was more than just some reality star. Before having his own reality show, Flavor Flav appeared on two reality shows, The Surreal Life and Strange Love. And if you thought the love of Flavor Flav was a tad bit confusing, just picture how it was oddly confusing watching Bridget Nielsen and Flavor Flav showcasing their love for one another on national television. Okay, like that was beyond weird. That was an odd couple, you guys. But due to the fact these two lovebirds couldn't work out their romance, Flavor of Love is actually a spinoff from Strange Love. This helped push the narrative that Flavor Flav is actually looking for the right woman to be with after a never in a heartbreak. But Flavor Flav is and was the biggest thing that has ever happened in hip hop. Being a part of the biggest hip hop group of all time, Public Enemy, Flavor Flav solidified his stance in the music industry. Being declared as one of the greatest hype men alive, I guess Flavor Flav wanted to make another mark on reality television, and he did just that when he was a part of this crazy ass show. Like this show was, y'all, this show was really fucking crazy, okay? But, but listen to this. The concept of the show included 20 to 25 women from all backgrounds of life while living under one roof, fighting for the love of Flavor Flav. In the very first episode, Flavor Flav hands out nicknames to his very special house guests, and he prefers it this way because he can remember nicknames better than actual real names. And I think that's just a common black thing because I still don't know my cousin Nooney's government name, you know? Like, I know somebody named Kula. I know somebody named Tootie, Pookie, all that type of stuff. Like, you know, I think it's just a common black thing because black folks, we don't, you know, we don't call each other by our government names, you know, you know, stuff like that, but, you know, whatever. But this is what makes the show quite funny because based off what the women showcase the Flavor Flav, he produced a nickname for them. Names such as Buck Wild, Pumpkin Boots, and like that. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, you know, I gotta say these names with like a type of ratchet, ghetto slur, like Buck Wild, Pumpkin Boots, like that. Like with a little country, you know, a little twang on it, you know, because these names, you know, these names deserve it, but... Um, Buckwild Pumpkin Boots and like that are pretty hilarious nicknames. And even to this day, fans and people don't call these women by their actual government name or by their nickname they was given to them on the show. 
talk about dragging a dead horse. Like, how would you feel if people kept referring to you as Buckwild every time they see you? Like, hey, yo, Buckwild. Yeah, Buckwild. You the one off flight. Like, that's not my name. My name's not Buckwild. Stop calling me dads. Okay. Excuse me. Y'all get a little too carried away. But each and every episode, the women compete in challenges with one another, whichever team or person wins the opportunity to go out on an intimate date with the knight and shining armor himself. Yes, I am still talking about Flavor Flav in case you guys... Nine and shining arm, yes, flavor flav. And these days can get pretty romantic. I mean, fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and a biscuit romantic. How sweet! Why, why can't my dates like never be like that? Like, I love fried chicken, I love fried chicken. Like, my my one of my closest friends could tell you, I'm a fried chicken fanatic, and I hate to be the stereotype of the black person that likes fried chicken but I can't help it like I love fried chicken like how can you not love fried chicken but yeah um even though this show was so problematic on so many levels it actually opened many doors for the next generation reality tv flavor of love crossed so reality tv shows like love and hip-hop could walk and that's just a fact like it's facts without flavor flav it wouldn't be no love in hip-hop without flavor flav it wouldn't be no um basketball wives and stuff like that like he really opened up a door for reality television to strive to where it is now it created many opportunities for reality tv to add that extra ratchet power extra ratchet factor and let's not mention many people many possible means that have been used and ran across social media because of the show so there's a new york's meme there's uh, i forgot her name blonde she was blonde hair big eyes she cooked that raw chicken for flavor flavor mama she was all like i'm beyonce beyonce i look like beyonce in new york it's like beyonce beyonce Okay, whatever. Let me move on because maybe y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, despite being entertaining and pretty naturally hilarious, the viewers couldn't simply stop watching the show and it shows. Season two finale put in 7.52 million total viewers and it also ranked the top show of the night and it became the highest related non-sports telecast in basic cable. The finale doubled in numbers than its season premiere, which is 3.3 million viewers, but it was still ranked at VH1's most watched season premiere in the network's history. Besides bringing in an oppressive viewership, it also created spinoffs. And another show that will also go down in history is I Love New York. I Love New York star Flavor Flay's on-again, off-again love interest Tiffany Pallard. In season one, she was given a nickname New York and made it into the season finale. Unfortunately, Hoops was picked over New York, but this wasn't the last time we would see New York on the television screens. After that, New York came back on VH1 with, I think, one, two, three seasons of I Love New York. And she's definitely one of the most dominating pioneers of women in reality television. If it wasn't for her, you know, as a presence as she was on TV, it wouldn't be no Jocelyn Hernandez. And I know I probably said her last name wrong, but it wouldn't be no Jocelyn because New York opened that door for Jocelyn to act the way she act on TV. 
And that's facts. Like you can sit up here and argue me down. And I know it's true. If it wasn't for New York acting the way she was on TV, it wouldn't be no Jocelyn off Love and Hip Hop. And that's just facts. But you know what? That's another segment. But let's stick to this one. New York appeared for season two and viewers knew this time Flavor Flav was going to pick New York as his love. But did he do that? No. Flavor Flav picked Delicious instead. And once again, New York Heart was crushed on national television, causing her to create one of the best meltdowns in reality television ever. I mean, to be honest with you, Flavor Flav would have had to meet these hands. Like seriously, you know, you're not finna make me look like a fool on television not once but twice and think that shit is cool. <laughs> no. But because of this, it created her to have her own TV show to find a man of her dreams. Other shows like Charm School, I Love Money came after leaving a blueprint for many other shows to copy or influence from. Flavor of Love will and most definitely go down as the biggest thing that has ever happened in television. Please don't argue with me because I am a Taurus. I'm a fixed sign. Once I have my mind stuck on something, I'm not coming off of that until I feel like I should. And plus, I'm stubborn. Okay, so there's no point of even arguing with me. Let it go. And also, it became the biggest thing in pop culture, period. Tune in into next week where I look into Diddy's, a.k.a. Puff Daddy, a.k.a. Brother Love, a.k.a. He just got to start without his name changing, okay? Just... Pick a name, pick a name, sit down somewhere. At this point, you know, you owe ain't, ain't nobody really, you know, coming for you like that anymore. But we will look into Diddy's vote or die moment and how that impacted young people to vote. Once again, my name is Avier. This is Shut the Fuck Up and Listen, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.